This is the this Bat Pod. Bat Pod. Grab your bat microphone, it's time to start the show. Like a quarter of hours, the mystery is starting to grow. Let there be no debate, it's about to begin. Keen like Bruce Wayne, quick like Tim Drake, fierce like Damien. Grab your headphones, listen up, you know you love it, drop the facade. Like the Dark Knight Detective, they've got some perspective, they're a pure crime-fighting collective, it's the Bat Pod. Welcome to the Bat Pod, my name is Bill Beer, and joining me tonight, Jay Loving. Hello everyone. How's it going? Now going reasonably well. That's good, that's good. If you're joining us for the first time on the Bat Pod... We are a comic book discussion podcast, and we discuss the new releases of Batman and Detective and another book. And that other book is, uh, lately it's been an older book. So uh, tonight we're going to cover Batman number 96, Detective Comics 1025, and Classic Batman 181. We have a topic of the week, our top three live-action Alfreds, and a little Stump the Co-Host. And before we go any further, we had a Stump the Listener contest going on, and we actually had three people enter, so we actually have at least three listeners, so that's good. (laughs) And Sean and Bob have won, because they're the only two that got every question right, so I gave them both... A prize. So, congratulations, Sean and Bob. So, let's go ahead and head to our first book. The Bat Pod is a spoiler podcast. Please read the comics we're reviewing so you can enjoy the show. We are a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Our first book tonight is Batman number 96. Your writer is James Tinian IV. Artist, Jorge Jimenez. Colors, Tamumori. Letters, Clayton Cows. Cover, Jimenez, Mori. Variant cover, Francisco Matina. Associate editor, Dave Welgus. And editor, Ben Abernathy. And in this issue, we see a dream sequence of a future where Batman faces off against Mr. Freeze and his children and ends in a nightmare where Alfred dies. Harley Quinn has patched herself up and has stowed away the Batman after digging him out of the rubble of Wayne Enterprises' explosion. We meet the Clown Hunter, and Batman heads to the Monarch Theater to confront the Joker, with Alfred talking in his head, and ends with Joker unleashing all the victims he has ever killed, zombie-style, to attack Batman. So, right off the beginning, we had... Talked last episode about this new outfit that Batman Bruce Wayne had found. We didn't know too much about it. We see a dream sequence because he's still affected. He's affected by the toxin that he was given, a mixture of Joker and fear and venom last issue. And we see we see a world where Batman is stopping crimes before they happen. We get a bat signal that sends you a text. And in the example we see here, we see uh, it says, take a step back, and it, like, texts you on your phone the little bat signal, and uh, 
and it was it was interesting. We do see Mister Freeze has two kids, and of course they're named Ice Pop and Snow Cone. So, what did you think of this dream sequence we had here? I'm not. I'm not too convinced by it. I mean, it it doesn't seem. It seems like it could have been left out of the book without any detriment. I didn't see where where it added anything other than showing him in that futurized bat suit, that chrome bat suit. But, um, I mean, it had Alfred in there, and of course we just find out that Alfred is, you know, the character's head snaps at the neck at, at the end of this dream sequence. Well, and yeah, that's a product of his grief, I think, because we keep seeing that where somebody is, and we see later in the book that he sees his parents there and their neck snap. Right. Just because that's how Alfred died, and I think this is just a consequence of him being drugged up and in that explosion. But, no, I don't think anything happened in this sequence. It was actually, what, four or five pages there. We don't learn any. It's in the future, and I found it odd, you know, that Tim Drake is still young. He says, young Timothy. So, I don't know. I don't think any of this is going to happen. I don't. The only meaning behind this, I think, is, you know, from his grief, he sees uh, Alfred. Yeah. And then we get back to the the main story, and we see Batman. Last issue, he, one of the his bat wings was jokerized and was shooting at him in the, the Wayne Foundation building, the Tri-Corner Yards, and uh, he survived that. Harley Quinn actually saved him. Harley Quinn thought he was dead. Right. She didn't seem to be uh, too. She didn't seem to care one way or the other that he was still living or dead. Or <laughs> she was just, oh, you're alive. <laughs> yes, um, that was interesting. I mean, certainly she would be able to tell that he was alive. I would think so. Again, you know, she uh, her her place in this story. I'm not sure what was either for this particular issue other than that she took care of batman kept him safe for the three days he was delirious so and i guess somebody had to do that so why not her yeah yeah and she has to be in the story to face punchline here in a few issues so right so yeah you as i said earlier you see he has more you know hallucinations or whatever you want to call it and sees uh when he hears that the joker is taken over you know, Monarch Theater, and he has a commercial with the owner of the Monarch Theater with, like, a, a Z on his face cut into his face, and and they're going to have a showing. And he he has a vision of his parents dying with their necks snapped. Um, I, I just wonder how far... They're really... They're really... James Tynan is really focusing on... You know his grief with Alfred, yeah. especially in these visions and different things. So I'm, I'm just wondering what's gonna happen with that in the future. I didn't, you know, uh, we know Alfred is coming back at some point. I was just curious how long that this particular thing was gonna last. Right. Yeah. I mean, a a good half of this issue was either you know said in the futuristic hallucination mm-hmm. or in the one with his parents. 
And he even says himself as he's going to the Monarch Theater that has been that has been refurbished, uh, you know, and he's not even sure that that's what he's seeing there is true. He he can't even trust his own senses. Yeah, because he's been drugged and and either the the Joker took his money and rebuilt it, or you you would think he wouldn't have that much time to rebuild a uh, movie theater. But he gets in there and you see all the Joker pops up on the screen and tells him. That yeah, these are all the victims, my victims that I've murdered over the years. I had my my goons dig them up in the cemetery or whatever, and then he kind of he kind of gives them that Jokerized zombie, you know what we've seen in the previous arc with a lot of the dead, the coming to life like a zombie, like, and he's getting attacked there at the end. So right, we didn't have a whole lot of things going on in this particular issue if you take those first five pages away it didn't i mean i thought it was it was cool the the artwork and such seeing you know him on the bat motorcycle in his new costume but it didn't really add anything to the story so i was wondering what you thought about how it's moving along this issue moved the story very little i mean it basically when you want to get right down to it as far as current time, he wakes up after being delirious three days. He goes to the theater. Joker tells him that these are all the people he, he's dead, and then we're getting ready for the next thing. I mean, that, that's essentially all the plot that happened. You know, the rest of it was either in that futuristic hallucination or in the flashbacks to his parents type thing. So, didn't didn't move very far. No, I have to agree with that. It didn't. It didn't move any. Far. But the one thing that we did get is the first appearance of the clown hunter. It looks like a kid, a teenager, who has a baseball bat with a batarang attached to it. Right. And he's killing the Joker goons. And he has a bicycle helmet with a mohawk. I know we only saw him in like one page. Did you have a a thought about his appearance? I like the character. I think uh, I'd like to see more about... I hope he's used more. Yeah, it would be interesting. I think it definitely would, would bring the story further further along. Yeah, yeah. so you can't really say too much because of his first appearance, but that that interaction that he had there was, was kind of cool. I did like that sequence there. Overall, I thought it was an okay issue. I didn't dislike it, and I didn't love it. But as always, the art is gorgeous. Right. You can't complain about that whatsoever. So, was there any other thing you wanted to bring up about this particular book? No, I think my reaction was mostly similar. I didn't, I didn't dislike the issue. Didn't feel that it was one of the better issues. But not every issue can be. You know, no, when, you're, no, when, you're, no. when you're moving things together, issue by issue, moving at progress, some are by necessity going to be slower more deliberate than others so i think this was just one of those that fell into that category and we still have what four more issues of this four because i think it yeah, ends in a hundred yeah four more so yeah we know story. harley quinn at some point is gonna meet up with punchline so kind of interesting so we'll see where this goes i look forward to the next issue i, I want i want to see a bit more about the joker and what I know he's trying to really get to Batman this time, but in Batman actually, uh, and we'll talk about that in the the detective issue. But he mentions something to 
Batwoman at the end of that issue that uh, I'll bring up when we talk about that book. So okay, okay, let's go ahead and head to our topic of the week. The Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. And welcome to Topic of the Week. And our topic this week is our top three live-action Alfreds. Uh, we did live-action Batmans the, our last episode, so this week it's going to be live-action Alfreds. So, Jay, you get to go first. What is your number three? My number three was Jeremy Irons, who was Alfred just in two f- films. Batman versus Superman, The Dawn of Justice, and Justice League. So he's the Alfred for Ben Affleck's Batman. And I chose him. He's, of all the potential choices I had, he's has actually had the less amount of screen time. We've seen him less than most of the other Alfreds. But I, I liked him because of his attitude. He was deeply cynical and sarcastic. But then so was Affleck's Batman because he had been doing this for 20 years and, and, you know, crime still keeps coming up and up. It's like he's almost, Batman's almost feeling like he's not making any progress. Well, Jeremy kind of reflects that same cynicism. And I just really like the way he was portrayed in those two films. Oh, absolutely. He was actually my number two, but I really liked, you know, this Alfred's been around, as you said, for 20 years with this Batman. He's really kind of, he has a lot of sarcasm, you know. Uh, like, Batman, uh, to a certain point, he expects, you know, Batman maybe to not come come home, this particular Batman, because he's he's doing things that maybe he doesn't agree with, and his sarcasm comes in that way. But the the one thing that I did like really liked about him is he was in Batman's ear on certain missions. Yeah. Just like in the comics. And that was kind of cool. And he was controlling, you know, his little back wing and he, he could see diagrams of the goons when he was going to say, save Superman's mom. So I did it. I enjoyed enjoy him as Alfred too, yeah. but he was my number. So, okay. My number three was Sean, Perwee, who was in Gotham, the TV series. And we see this version of Alfred, not with Batman, but this version with Alfred is with a young Bruce Wayne. And we see him being the father figure and the employee, basically. But the father figure, he's kind of rough around the edges. Um, He's more of a, a tough Alfred He's actually tough on him. We don't see a Bruce Wayne, you know, that goes... A, we don't get to the point where we see Bruce Wayne where he goes away and trains and that sort of thing. Alfred sort of trains him a little bit. I did enjoy this. It almost seems like an Elseworlds version of Alfred, but I did enjoy this version of Alfred. Did you have any experience with Gotham at all? Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that show, and I thought long and hard about putting... Sean Pertwee on on my list. Yeah. Because uh, he just, yeah, he really brought a lot to that character. And he was really one of the standouts in that series. There were a lot of characters that stood out, but he was definitely one that stood out to me. Right. What was your number two? 
My number two is Alan Napier, who is Alfred on the Batman television series in the 1960s. And, I don't know, I just loved his portrayal of Alfred. His was the, his was the most proper and prim Alfred, I think, of any portrayal. But he also, sometimes he would get involved. He would put on a bat suit and pretend to be Batman when... At times when both Batman and Bruce Wayne had to be in the same place at the same time. Uh, I just loved how he would answer the bat phone and Commissioner Gordon and they're like, I'll get him, sir. And <laughs> Commissioner Gordon knew about that new Bruce Wayne had a British butler, but he never put the two together, you know. He could never get the two together. So. Yeah, you would think he would figure that one out. And my favorite thing was always when he would go, he would get the call, the bat phone. Mm-hmm. He'd go into the di- the family room or whatever, and Bruce and Dick were there were with Aunt Harriet, and he would whisper in Bruce's ear, "It's the bat, it's the bat phone, sir." That was always <laughs> one of my favorite. <laughs> and they have that bat phone under, like you know, you put a cake in or something. Yeah, okay. yeah. A- I think that was actually a cake cover that they had it underneath. We don't want to get dust on it, so yeah. But. He was unique, I do have to say. I don't have. I can't say that I've watched every episode of the series. I've watched a, a good bit. A good bit. I did enjoy him as Alfred too. It was a different kind of Alfred. So right. But yeah. So as I said before, my number two was Jeremy Irons. I really enjoyed that version of Alfred. It's too bad. I not, and I don't know off the top of my head. Um. If we'll ever see him as Alfred again, I think we're basically done with those two. I mean, we'll see the Justice League recut on HBO Max, so we don't know. There might be more scenes with him in it, so that would be interesting to see, I do have to say. But let's go ahead and get your number one live-action Alfred. My number one, Michael Caine from the Christopher Nolan's trilogy. I just liked the way he was the most emotional of the Alfreds that I've seen. Uh, you know, he really cared about Bruce. He was not as active in doing things like Jeremy Irons was. I liked. I just liked his character in general. I just those three movies were mostly exceptional. I think the th- the third movie, The Dark Knight Rises, was the weakest of the three. But I just like Michael. I've always liked Michael Caine as an actor, and I just thought he did real well as. Alfred. Yeah, I would have to agree. I loved, you could really see the Alfred relationship for Bruce and him as a father figure. Um, and you could see a lot of emotion into his acting. Everything that he said, everything he did, it felt like this was an Alfred that wanted Bruce to not be Batman anymore, wanted Bruce to, you know, leave that life at some point. Right. And there's a lot of excellent lines in that movie with Alfred talking to Bruce that I really enjoyed. So he was my number one also. It was a very powerful Alfred. He really stood out in that movie also. We've gotten some strong Alfreds, that's for sure, in the uh, the right. movies. Or last couple movies. And, you know, I I didn't even consider, you know, Batman, Batman Returns, and Batman and Robin Alfred. That wasn't one that I that I, it really 
didn't feel too much like Alfred to me. I mean, I don't know. What did you think? Well, I think it. You have to go movie by movie. I think in the first yeah. two movies, he was a really good Alfred. Mm-hmm. But there, those were well-written movies. When you got to Batman Forever and then that abysmal Batman and Robin, everything got sillier. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and the dialogue got sillier. And then, so, and by, just by way of it, the things that Alfred had to say and do got sillier. And so it kind of ruined the character for him. The overall of the characters remembered by the last couple. And, you know, he made a lot of jokes. Alfred was there to make a joke, essentially. It seemed right. that way. So, yeah, let us know what, what your favorite, Al- if we didn't name an Alfred that, that we missed, or you agree or disagree with us, let us know. Let us know. So we'll go ahead and head to our next book. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am. Our next book, Detective Comics 1025, script by Peter J. Tomasi, art Kenneth Rocafort, colors by Dan Brown, variant cover by Lee Bermejo. And in this issue, we have the return of Batwoman, as she is coming in to help fight the Joker War, and interacts with Batman, and they actually end up going back to Wayne Enterprises to try to stop the weapons manufacturing that's going on. We see Batman, who's... This Batman seems to be not under the influence of any Joker toxins. And we see the recovery, rescue of Fox from the clutches of Joker's henchmen. So, I don't know. I was really glad to see Batwoman in this simply because she is my favorite Bat Family character outside of Batman himself. And I think she's they don't do nearly enough with her. I know she was heavily involved in Detective Comics right after Rebirth and then even got her own series. So I guess I'm in the majority in liking Batwoman because they've given her several opportunities to be in the books and then end up taking her out, which I can only assume is that the character is not popular among the masses. But... This was a heavily action-packed issue with a lot going on, a lot of fighting going on. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed this issue. I did like seeing Batwoman. I I don't have a ton of experience with her. I mean, I read her in Detective Comics, but it seems to be, you know, she'll have a series. It'll be kind of sporadic. But I really enjoyed her showing up. It felt like it was, you know... A solo issue just focusing on her that was part of Joker War. So it was kind of interesting. It was kind of interesting to see their interaction. Especially it was interesting, you know, at the end there wherein her Batman was saying, we need to take the Joker down hard. And she was saying, you do your way and I'll do my way. And, you know, her way was, was she ended up killing somebody. So I don't know if that's part of her character going on that she's a killer or it was just a one-time thing and to you what did you think of batman saying oh we need to take him down hard he's not willing to cross the line with the joker i it that would seem unlikely that he would be but he also wants to take him down in a way that's going to be authoritative definitive 
So it's it's difficult to know what they what he meant. Right. Batwoman, I don't know. She ended up, you know, what got her p- put out of Detective Comics and the the team that was together during that part of the run was her killing Clayface. Yep. And her relationship with Batman has been very tentative ever since. And we saw that here. It's sort of like they're allies by necessity. He's Batman's willing to accept her help, but you can you can feel a, a an iciness between the two that they wasn't there before. And they are cousins. You know, I mean that's yep. the thing you have to remember. They are actually related to each other. And because his mother was her uh aunt and but and even one time she you know she says when when they bring out that gigantic tank and Wade and and raid Wayne Industries to destroy all of the 3D weapons printers he's out in this tank and he says I'm initiating attack sequence and she says to him and it's almost in a sarcastic way I didn't think guns were your thing which he informs her quickly that that this doesn't have weaponry it's a shock stun cannons on it. So, yeah, you definitely definitely feel the a little bit of frigidity and tension between the two of them. And I think that's exactly what she meant by in the end. You do things your way, I do it mine. Mm-hmm. Specifically letting everybody know that we have two different ways of dealing with things, which makes means she may kill again before the end of this. I don't know. I can't see. What does the Joker have to do for Batman to finally cross that line? Well, I don't know. What does Joker have to do? Because he's getting really personal, you know, in this Joker war. So, but this Detective Comics, I love. I actually love seeing the Bat Family. It seems like we haven't seen really much of him lately. Crossing over into the Batman books, no Robin, of course. And you would think you would see a little bit more. I know uh, Nightwing's going to show up here pretty soon. And Batgirl had a crossover in her book. Right. But yeah, I love I love this this Batwoman character. You know that she had the TV show on the CW. She she I think she could be a popular character. I don't know why her series really hasn't you know has struggled to catch on. But so it seems to me, so has you know Batgirl a little bit. I mean, she's been around yeah. much longer, but. Her her series doesn't really seem to have longevity as far as, you know, sales and that stuff goes. Right. So. Yeah, and I don't know anything about the numbers on yeah. sales on that. I, I don't keep up with that. But, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, Red Hood and Tim Drake and all these others, you see them coming in in the Bat Books, but they don't, some of them have their own series, but how how well they do, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll see. I did enjoy this. I, I love the art in this. The colors were amazing. Yes, everything. I, the artwork was really satisfying. Uh, really fit the story. I really loved how Bullock was portrayed. You know, he was a take charge. You know, instead of saying, uh, being the commissioner, telling his guys to get out there, he's leading the charge. Yeah. He's definitely a strong Bullock in this this issue, the way he was portrayed. And he has a special talent, you know, screaming at his guys with a cigar coming out of his mouth. And then somehow he retrieves it in the next panel. I love seeing that. 
I thought that was cool. Either that or he has a whole pocket full of cigar stubs. He just when he leaves oh, yeah. one, he goes, yeah, he I just can... sticks another one in. But Real no, quick. Bullock was good in this, and of course they called him Commissioner Bullock, mm-hmm. which again kind of raises the question: When is Gordon coming back? I don't think it probably will be till after Joker War. Just that's just a pure speculation on my part. But you always wonder what's going on. Yeah, I think it was weird the way that. You know, they use Gordon in the story. He got infected by the Batman who laughs or whatever, and they kind of removed him from this book. But there's a lot of, you know, things that were unsaid, especially in Tom King's arc where Batman punched Gordon. You haven't, I don't know if you've seen them together in his right mind to really, because that was a big thing that happened in that run that was never resolved. Right. So... I'm interested to see Gordon come back. Bullock keeps mentioning that he doesn't want <laughs> doesn't want this job. We've seen him over the last no, definitely. several issues. So, anything else you want to add about this particular one? No, just that it was a very very good issue. And I say I was I personally glad to see Batwoman back in some capacity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And looks like next issue we're going to get a little Killer Croc. So that'll be interesting. You know, if he if Peter Tomasi uses the Detective Comics for the Joker War crossover and focuses on a different character, or a different Bat family member, that would be cool. That that it's not like you had to read if you were reading Detective Comics and you weren't following Batman for some unknown reason. This is a pretty good like one and done. You know, on yeah. Batwoman. So. We'll see how it is in the future here. So, right. So let's go ahead and head stump the co-host. It's time for the Bat Pod Stump the Co-host segment. Welcome to Stump the Co-host. And today on Stump the Co-host, of course, we got a co-host here, Jay, and he's very excited. He's very excited. You see the smile on his face. Oh, yes. Very excited. So today, we always have a theme, and that theme is Arkham Asylum. And, of course, there's cash and prizes, as always. So your first question is, what is the official name of Arkham Asylum? And I'm going to throw out according to Grant Morrison. Okay. What is the official name of Arkham Asylum according to Grant Morrison? Is it, number one, the Elizabeth Arkham Asylum for the Criminally Insane? Is it, number two, Arkham Hospital? Is it, number three, Arkham Home for the Emotionally Troubled? Or, number four, Arkham Asylum? (sighs) Elizabeth Arkham Asylum for the Criminally Insane? Arkham Hospital? Arkham Home for the Emotionally Troubled? Arkham Asylum? I'm going to go with A, the Liz. Elizabeth... Arkham Asylum for the Criminally Insane. Elizabeth Arkham. Well, you are correct. It was Elizabeth Arkham Asylum and Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum. So he said that was he said that was official name. I don't know if that's you know totally in canon, but but uh, Arkham Hospital was the first mention of Arkham. Our next question: What issue had the first appearance of Arkham? Was it Batman two hundred two? Batman 258, Detective Comics 411, or Superboy number 28? Say those again. Batman 202. 
Batman 258, Detective Comics 411, or Superboy 28? I think I'm going to say Detective Comics 411. If you said Detective Comics 411, you would be incorrect. It was Batman 258, Denny O'Neill. It was first named Arkham Hospital. So you didn't get both questions correct, unfortunately. Here on the Bat Pod, we always have cash and prizes. Would you like to know what you would have won? Yes. Okay. Do you have bad thoughts at night? Are you worried about becoming a psychopath? Well, worry no more. You would have won a free psych evaluation at Arkham Asylum that includes overnight stay. And with this psych evaluation, includes a free brain scan with Dr. Arkham's new machine, the Brain Analyzer. Only problem, most people that have taken the brain scan, they usually have a a permanent stay because they find some bad stuff up there. But you didn't win. If you did, you might have to... I'm sure you would have had a permanent stay. You know, they get inside that head. It would not have been good. Okay. Stump the co-host. Let's go ahead and head to our next book. Come on, Robin. To the Batcave. We haven't one moment to lose. Our next book is Batman 181 from 1966, written by Robert Kanegar. The artwork credited to Bob Kane, but it was actually done by Sheldon Moldoff. Inks by Joe Giella. Cover art by Carmine Infantino. Bruce takes Dick to Gotham Museum to see an exhibition of the three top female world villains, Dragonfly, Silken Spider, and Tiger Moth. But the exhibition is interrupted by an outburst from a woman claiming the name Poison Ivy and who says that she is, in fact, the number one world villainess. And that she, only reason that she has been unknown is her crimes to date have been too perfect. So it's time for her to do less perfect crimes to get her name known. She starts by using a electrified lipstick case to explode all the flashbulbs of the attending reporters and photographers, blinding everyone so she can make her escape. Because of that, everyone being blinded, Bruce, who's also under the effect of the flashbulbs, changes from Bruce to Batman in full public view. But nobody, of course, can see that. He ends up chasing her, falling down an elevator shaft, and narrowly avoiding death by by being able to grasp the cables, only to be held up by a mob outside of the museum that Poison Ivy has herself paid to be there. She ends up sending letters to the other three women of these villainous, pretending to be one of the other three. She gathers them and a bunch of other criminals at a location where Batman and Robin show up, start fighting these villains, and Batman all the, all the while talking about how beautiful Poison Ivy is and how any man could could fall under her influence. She ends up kissing him at one point. Robin is distraught about this, thinking that he's, that Batman is going to fall under the spell of Poison Ivy. She starts trying to escape, but Batman overcomes his newfound affections and, and able to throw a batarang and knock her off a wall, put her in jail. So, but she says that you will get me out of here yourself at the end of the story. 
So, this is the first appearance of Poison Ivy. We actually talked about Batman 182 a few weeks ago, or a few episodes ago, which was the second appearance. But I wanted to do this, the first one. Because it's an interesting character, and it's interesting. Batman acts like a really kind of a goof a little bit in this. I meant, talking about calls her this bombshell, you know, beautiful dame or a doll face. And he's, he's really letting his himself not be as professional as Batman should be with regards to this to this woman. What did you think? Well, I love this issue. This issue was fantastic. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah, Especially the the scene where the she did something, the flashes of the cameras kind of went off and everybody was blinded for a while. And yes. he kind of falls down the elevator shaft and you know, did you notice that he didn't really kiss her on the lips? It was like on she was kissing him on the cheek. Yes. If you notice the art. That's true. I guess they didn't want to get too risque there. Uh, probably that was something to do with it. But the three villainesses, you know, the top the top three villainesses that <laughs> Poison Ivy sent them letters to say they didn't think each other was was the top villainous or number two or number right. three. Yeah. And and they all were gonna show up early. Yes. You know, at the same at the same time. So yeah, Batman really got hit hard in this one. He was like in love. So Poison Ivy didn't really show in this introductory issue, she didn't really show any kind of, you know, powers or that sort of thing, or they didn't say really what they were. So that was kind of interesting. So, yeah, she didn't really show any of her abilities other than, you know, cleverness to have that lipstick that would explode all of the flash bulbs. Right. Where do you get that stuff at? Uh, yeah, where do you do? <laughs> what kind of flash bulb, you know, blinds you for like a few minutes? Well, it's funny. I was thinking about if, if a, somebody came to this book and never read that. If they were young enough, they might not even remember what a flash bulb is. I mean, oh, right. <laughs> those hasn't, haven't existed in a long time. Right. And I remember the ones, you know, I was born in the 70s, you know, those Kodak cameras that had a little cube on it. Oh, yeah. And you put the cube on and you hit the button and it would rotate, but there yes, were like four flash, flashes yeah. in it. Exactly. That's so. the only kind that I really remember. I remember some of the older flash bulbs. Because I had an uncle who was in photography who had a, a bunch of old cameras. So, it was a funny issue. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed those Golden Age issues. They were a lot of fun. Yeah, and you certainly got your money's worth. Because those were 10, 12 cents. And you would get 30 or 40 pages of content. If not more. 60. Oh, sometimes. yeah. Yeah, and they're very wordy. I mean, it takes you a little bit to get through those books. Yes, there's a lot. There's not wasted panels in there, but I, I love how Batman and Robin interact in those old issues. Yeah. Yeah, Robin was really concerned about Batman, that he was, yeah. <laughs> was going to let Poison Ivy influence him. Yeah, I guess he doesn't fall in love too often. No, well, he's too young. So that is our show for tonight. If you'd like to leave feedback for the BatPod, our email is batpodpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at 
bat underscore pod. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com backslash the back pod. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please consider giving us a review. We'd really appreciate it. A big thank you to everybody that has retweeted our show on Twitter and Facebook. We had some Joker War. A couple issues of Joker War. I really enjoyed our old book, as as we said. That gave me a lot. That was a lot of fun. I love reading those old issues. So we'll be back in a couple weeks to talk more Batman, more Detective, and another old book. So until next time, same bat time, same bat channel. We will see you later.